This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. The Talk, Part 2. The Talk, Part 2. Now, on May 25th, the world seemed to change a little bit more for some of us. That was the day that George Floyd lost his life. He was murdered. And that is a day for some of us that we, maybe some things that we have been shoving aside came to the forefront. And for others, it was just like, yep, yeah, that's, that's it. And so we started digging really deep. And our response to what is known as systemic racism, happened on in this church on uh, June 7th. On June 7th, we invited Carlton Parker, Fran and Micah Edwards, and Venetia Thompson to come and join us to help us understand one another. And we grew from that. Some hard stuff to hear But I think that no matter where we come from, no matter what the color of our skin, we all grow from conversations with one another. And so we've been encouraged by your leadership team and your staff parish relations team, which is like the HR department of the church, to continue to press in (coughs) on this um, problem of systemic racism. All of us collectively um, have a part to play. I'm not saying anybody's good or bad. I'm just saying that we need to look deep inside of our hearts about what this is all about and to understand one another. We've been preaching on Micah 6.8 for the last three weeks. And um, that scripture has really lent itself Mm. to what we're going to talk about today. Remember Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require, not suggest, require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. And yeah, that's an individual thing, but that's a collective thing. I know when somebody in my house, our household is is upset or in distress, our whole household's upset or in distress. And so when some people in our community are upset Devin or distressed. Devin laughs as you say that. Devin's laughing. Yeah, a little drama right now. I can now. see so, it under the mask. I can yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we all need to be cur- concerned about each other. And so today yeah. is the next step. We're going to learn from some people who have been living life for a long time. <laughs> And still so, kicking, just not as high. Still right? kicking, just Absolutely. not as high. And so um, we're going to have a seat yeah. and begin. <laughs> Is this my seat, Alan, here? Yep. Okay. So I am going to introduce our, our panel to you today. First, I start over here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. First, <coughs> we have Christian Kale. We call him Chris. We also call him Panda. He is a leader in our Connection Community Church youth group. He is a leader at Appaquinimic High School. He is a senior, and he is the great-grandson of Miss Edna Kale, who is a matriarch in Middletown. And what that means is that you have had incredible influence 
over our community. You've served on the school board. You're part of our daily bread. You've been a part of NAACP. You are working for people of all ages, races, everything to bring justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Also, it was Miss Edna's birthday yesterday. She is proud of her age. She is 18. You can reverse that number. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <coughs> the next person that we want to introduce to you is Miss Esley Davis. Amen. Everybody knows Esley. Esley yeah. is Carlton's mom. Y'all know Carlton. Um, and she has been a part of our lives for 40 some years. And we have considered one another family. Esalie has so much wisdom and mm -hmm. has taught us a lot about life. Life. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Miss Esalie. And then next to Esalie is her granddaughter, Courtney Parker. Courtney is uh, Carlton and Jane's daughter. She uh, is our uh, we, niece. Our niece, who are aunt and Aunt Carrie and Uncle Island to Courtney. Um, Courtney is a leader in our church. You've seen her on the screen a lot. Um, she is a servant. She is a senior at Middletown High School and um, is involved in a ton of stuff. And if they go to Brewster's, they can get ice cream yes. from you. Yep. Right? <laughs> All right. Oh, I need to go there. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so um, I just want to pray and then we're going to get started. God, thank you for this opportunity to learn from Chris, Edna, Esalie and Courtney to hear their story. Their story is their story and it's important to hear one another's stories so that we can learn and grow from one another. So we thank you and we give you this time in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I have the first, they, they know what the questions are by the way. So we're not springing anything on anybody. This question is for Esalie and Edna. The question is, what are the similarities and differences in today's response to racial unrest in comparison to the civil rights movement in 1950s and 1960s? I'm going to repeat that one more time. What are the similarities and differences in today's response to racial unrest in comparison to the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s. You want to go, Esalie? Uh, 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 she looked like she was deep in prayer right I'm there. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. okay. Okay. I, 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 when I, I looked at that question, it was really complicated. And then I started thinking, you know, I'm looking at uh, television and I see, first I need to go back. I have a son, I have five kids. And, one, and I, I got them from criminals to police officers. And uh, one of my sons is a criminal, was a criminal. And uh, I used to have to deal with the police a lot. And, I, I, and, and whenever he went to turn himself in, I would go there to the police station here in Middletown and I would tell them, this is how I'm leaving my son and this is how I want to find him when I go to the prison to, vi to visit him. Because uh, a couple of times he had gotten beat up, beaten up. When, when, when he would go up there and turn himself in by himself. And so what I'm seeing now, there is not much difference, you know, uh, when I, I need to say something. This was a hard process for me. I was, I, I had stuff, so much stuff in my life 
away so that I would not be angry and nasty with people, you know, because uh, in, my, in my life I was dealing with a lot of, uh, every race there was. Doing counseling, I had to be open and objective and stuff like that. So when I look at this now, I still don't see no difference other except for the fact that back there when uh, they first integrated the school, back there they, they, they was, Ku Klux Klan was out there and they would do things to you behind the curtain. Now they ain't got no problem doing it to you. I mean, you know, today, I mean, uh, in, in life today, I mean, I've heard some things that uh, if it wasn't for my Bible verse and my serenity prayer, I probably would uh, be hellbound, you know, because I, my grandmother always told me that you need to keep your mouth closed, you know, and, and I learned to do that, but then when I started opening my mouth, I really would get in a lot of trouble because I say things that uh, came from here but didn't necessarily mean, mean, mean that, that, that you was going to change or nobody else was going to change anything. So uh, I, don't, I, I don't see no differences. I, the similarities are just diff people are doing it differently. You know. Uh, wow. So when we were getting ready for today, you said, I don't like doing this one bit. I've spent my time trying to not remember, and now you're, it's in effect, you're making me remember. You're asking me to share. And that kind of hit me in the gut to hear that. And so thank you for being a voice. And um, yeah, Esalie. When I was growing up, our parents encouraged us that we're all here together do to this person like you would do to that person. Often there were persons who didn't do to us the things that we had hoped that they would do to us. But we found out that if you love him, respect them, you get the same love and respect from them. Thank you. Thank you both for so sharing I want to say something. Esalie's parents was, was religious. My parents weren't. My, my, <laughs> my parents didn't pray like that. You know, they, 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 uh, uh, my grandfather toted a, a shotgun quite often, you know, and, and, and so. You're so, from here, aren't you? <laughs> this is your hometown, right? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. You yeah. grew up not too far from here, right? right? right in fact, uh, uh, right up the road here. Yeah. My house is right up on, on the highway, not by, about a quarter of a mile, not even yeah. a quarter of a mile, yeah. right around the bend. This right Where I grew up, went to school in back of there. My grandfather was trustee of the black school, Negro schools it was called then. Uh, uh, <coughs> those kinds of things that I grew up with. So, so we, we grew up, they grew up fighting, but they told me uh, and, uh, children are to be seen and not to be heard. So mm. I didn't have the opportunity then to speak out as loud, but I, I wasn't taught to love them either. <laughs> <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> All right. All right. This question is for Edna and Courtney. As we told, we can't ask everybody to answer every question, so we're kind of going to move it around a little bit. This is for Edna and Courtney. What concerns do you have for our current society? And I'll start with I'll start with Edna. <laughs> what concerns do you have for our current society? I I I uh, I, I see. Uh, a lot of kids, I, 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 I'm, I'm kid-oriented, and I see a lot of children struggling 
uh, in churches and stuff like that. And you know, when the, when the children act out, instead of us finding resources for them, we tend to send them somewhere. Mm. When we need to keep, we need to have them included right. in, in what's going on and, and so that they can learn by seeing other children's behaviors mm. and want to do different, different things. But when we, and my concern is that we, 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 we have thrown away a generation. Wow. And uh, I, Chris belongs to a thing called, uh, what is it? Yeah. Yale at school. I've been trying several times to try to get something similar to that here because I see some of the kids that are struggling here when, when, we, when we would have them all here and I would go pick up my kids. Something similar to that to, to make sure that the kids here would bring in other kids mm -hmm. and they would feel comfortable because uh, uh, they see if you got so-and-so here who raises cane in school, then it's probably going to be a comfortable place for me to be. So my concern is that we don't throw away this younger generation. They got some great ideas, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, the only reason I'm here at this church is because of my granddaughter. Because <laughs> I would never have come to a white church uh, and, and had an, and, and fellowship. But she wasn't going to a black church and fellowship in either. Because she didn't like what she was doing, mm. like they did the way, the way we conducted services. Mm. Uh, and so, so kids can lead us in, in places where we need to go that we may not want to go. We talk about adults not being wanting to be led, but, but if, if you look at back there when those kids was getting killed up in, in I'm not even sure what school that was, and, and that, that protest came out, and, mm -hmm. they, and the, that younger generation, most of them couldn't even vote, but they made a, mm -hmm. a statement. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I was so grateful to see that in you guys, mm -hmm. you know, you guys, uh, uh, me and Chris battle a lot quite often about his <laughs> ideas, you know, you know, uh, but, but, but he, they make sense. I just want to make sure that they're sound and that his, they're anchored in him because mm. when, that's why I put him in jail because it's, it's, a, it's a drug program, but they do a lot of other things. Mm. They do a lot of other things and uh, mm. that's it. Now that granddaughter brought you here. She's in Florida, but you're still here, right? Yeah. Amen <laughs> that. We're so glad. <laughs> Courtney. Um. So I feel that like younger kids, like not even just like kids our age, but kids who are in elementary school and middle school, um, I always felt like you know racism and discrimination is taught. Like it's it's not something that kids are born with. They they are exposed to either the side that wants to make a change and wants to get things better for the African American community, or they're exposed to the Side that doesn't care and it's like well it's fine and I just I want to make sure that the younger kids elementary school kids are still getting that same exposure because yes it can be hard to hear that some of your friends might not get the same opportunities that you do um, but I really feel like younger kids need to learn and need to be exposed to everything so once they get to be our age and they have the ability to speak their mind and to make a change, they know what's going on and they know how to do that. Because if they don't start early and they don't learn early, mm -hmm. then it, it, could, it could turn into something yes. very bad. And yes. something that doesn't help the community and it only hurts it. And that's what we want to do. We want to help the community yes. and we want to make things better for us. So yeah, they, they just, I, I really feel like younger kids just need to be exposed more. Um, 
And once we get that to happen, maybe we won't have as much discrimination and as much hatred in the world. Gary, may I say something? I read something just this week in a book that says often we see the word impossible, but change it around and say, I'm possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I like that. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you so much. What events, this is to Esalie and to Chris, what events in your life have demonstrated that racism is still alive mm. in our society? Still alive. Esalie, how can you comment on that? When we see the news of things happening every day all over the place, and folks are taking advantage of each other, killing each other, doing all kinds of things to each other. This lets me know that it's still there, but there are some of us who know that there's a source that can come to our help. All we have to do is get together as brothers and sisters and share the love and through that love, we can help to let, get these things out of our lives. So I think Esalie is saying what we're trying to do as pastors and as a church, if we sit down with one another and we begin to understand one another as opposed to just seeing the outside yes. but getting to the inside, that can help change yes. our community. So we're starting here at Connection, and this is how we're doing it. Chris, um, what events in your life have demonstrated that racism is still alive? I mean, she took a lot of the words out of my mouth, but um, a lot of the stuff you see on the news and a lot of stuff you see in our school, like Abiquitamic, uh, there's a lot of racism and, and just, just going at each other a lot in the school. When we was there before Corona happened, it just was harder to deal with growing up with. You know, you, didn't, you wouldn't expect everybody to hate every other person. You know, you just thought everybody would be in love, you know. When you got to high school, you thought this was one magical place, and it just, it's just a, a lot of hatred. So, yeah. Yeah. so do you personally have, can you share something where you, yeah, I can share something. you personally have experienced racism? Chris uh, Kale. Personally, uh, I wouldn't say personally, but in a group. It's uh, probably like my sophomore year in high school. We getting on the bus, coming back from uh, school, we got to whole bunch of white kids in the front of the bus, uh, you know, over there trying to uh, whisper amongst each other, talking bad stuff about us. Uh, then a lot of us, well, I'm not the, I wasn't the person sophomore year to be big and uh, confront them, but my cousin, my older cousin, AJ, he goes up there and he says, what are y'all talking about? He said, uh, they're throwing a lot of slurs at us. At that point, they're starting to get angry, a lot of bigotry, you know. So uh, my cousin deals it right there and right then. Uh, we get off the bus and we sit down and have a talk. I forgot, I never even told my grandmother this because <laughs> I, I didn't believe it. it was like, truly, it was like actually happening. But um, uh, we got to a standpoint and just started talking. It was like, why do you hate us so bad? You know, what, was, what makes so much hatred about us? And he was hmm. like, well, it's just like how Courtney said, it's like how they brought up. You know, they, they see us as the enemy more than they see us as brother and sister. So it's like. Did those people, those people, did, did your <laughs> friends, your white friends mm -hmm. engage in some conversation? Did it change at all? It didn't really change. And which is the hard part to think about our, our generation is because we're so stubborn and so hard headed that we can't 
take any knowledge and take any information in and try to change the way we are. So it just didn't help much, but I see why that is, it should be, we should get to the younger generation and talk to them before, you know, anybody else get their hands on them because we all should be in love and fellowship. So I just, it was, it was a so, hard time. So, so I want to press in on this just a little bit. So did I hear you say the whites are in the front of the bus and the blacks are in the back of the bus? It wasn't. Is it that was because mixed, it was you're mixed up? But yes, it was like it was. Is common. that it because common. that's who you hang with? Is that because there's like? I wouldn't say it's because this how Apple was. I would say it's because this how that's how it was. You know, if you thought somebody was cool, you'd be in the back of the bus. But when you open my when I open my eyes like that, it's like yeah, some of them was in the front of the bus. We was in the back. So it's kind of kind of takes a toll on you when you think about it like that. But Crazy. I just want to, I just want to add to that. It's not only the kids, because I have a lot of problem with some teachers at Apple High School. Most well, uh, yeah, let's be careful about what we're saying about different schools here. Yeah, as far as that goes. But okay, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, yeah, let's leave that out. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. We're just saying that it, systemically, <laughs> yes. there's there's an issue that we don't even know, mm -hmm. like. Yeah, like a lot of stuff is dug deep into Apple. Like just last year, the, the band group was uh, writing slurs and the stuff on people's like other black kids' instruments, like uh, you know hard N words and stuff like that. Just telling them like to get out of Apple. I told my grandmother about this. They was writing on the desk and stuff. It's just wow. Mm. Okay, all right, teens. Chris, you kind of started this, uh, and we're gonna keep on. What is it like to be an African-American teen on the verge of adulthood in this culture? Courtney and Chris. Yeah. Courtney. So um, social media is really big for our generation. Uh, there's everything. There's Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all these different uh, platforms of social media. And for other people, it might, it might seem like something is like, oh, these kids, they spend hours and hours on these like social media platforms and like they're not doing anything with their lives. But I, I have learned so much good information from these platforms. I've met people and seen people who are trying to make a difference with these social media platforms. And it, 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 like, it's just amazing to see how creative people can be on there to try to stop these problems and try to make a difference. And I, I wouldn't say that I haven't experienced it, but as a mixed person, I'm half white, half black, I haven't experienced it as much. So with these social media platforms and with friends who have told me uh, stories and my dad and my grandmother, I've been able to learn more about it. And I, I, I just love that we've been able to learn more through these social media platforms um, as teenagers who are about to go into adulthood and about to step into life and possibly experience even more of this racism and this. Exactly. Um, the way I view it is it's going to be it's going to be a rough time when we mm -hmm. get out of high school. It's going to be it's going to be rough just to encounter what we see on the news and see uh, politics about how people <laughs> look at us and view us. But uh, it's also a blessing because that's how you know we can touch the world and and, mm -hmm. and put an impact in, into the world as much as we're doing right now. So that's why I'm excited for the future. Yes. And I'm excited for something brighter and something bigger. So Yeah, cool. I, I, I really feel like Gen Z is going to change the world for the better. Exactly. Because we are trying our best to change things, and we're, we're 
we're making it happen, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, and we just got like a lot of more technology, a lot more stuff at hand that can help us, you know, fight mm -hmm. the battle. And it's not really a battle, but you know, just go out there and make a change in the world. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, so back to the grandparents. This is a question for um, Esley and Edna. What do you hope for your grandchildren's future? That they see that the life that I try to live and the life that their mom and dad live and see the good that they can acquire from living this life, loving people, being there for people will help them to develop. This is what I would like to do when I grow up and the kind of person that I want to be when I grow up. That we're all here together mm. because you don't look like me. My hair is not like yours. I don't wear the same clothes. I'm still me. We all have a heart mm. and it's up to us to put it in action. Mm. Repeat that question again. <laughs> the question is, um, what do you hope for your grandchildren's future? I, I, uh, my grandchildren and all children, that they have the fortitude to be able to have their beliefs, know their history, have their belief, study, learn, learn, learn things, and be able to stand up and say it. You know, no matter what somebody else, because somebody will come up and say something stupid to you about what you believe, and sometimes you'll wonder if maybe they might be right. But the younger generation has to be able to have the fortitude to continue to fight that battle, although it it's, hmm. seems impossible. But, but it is, I am possible. I like that one. Yeah, but I'm possible. I like that too. Yeah, because, because uh, and I'm saying that because that's where I had to come from. I'm sorry. That's where I had to come from. I, t I touch my heart a lot because that, that's where everything starts with me, with my heart. You know, and so, and that's, what, and then that's what I'm hoping and praying that not only these two, but the others that are out there, the, those that are on, on live, that have children, no matter what their age, that, they, that whatever they believe, make sure that it's, it's anchored in truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and then go forth with that. Mm -hmm. Thank that's, you. And that's yeah. my greatest concern. And that's my, also my worry is that somewhere out there, they want to do something. And be, because uh, it's not apropos for the agency that they're working with, that they may change mm. just uh, to get along, you know. and uh, Compromise. Yes. And, and, uh, and I just pray that they, they, they don't do that. Mm. Thank you. So this is a question, it's actually um, our last question, we're right on target here, pretty much, um, for all of you. How has your faith helped you navigate racial unrest, <laughs> and do you have a scripture that you go to? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not think. So teach me how to wait. So, Esalie, your scripture is Isaiah. just what what it speak to them. Speak to that exit sign. Isaiah forty. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, how to wait. 
Mm. Isaiah 40. So you've been a woman of faith your whole life? Most of the life, my grandmother, my grandfather, my grandma, my mom, mom. Mm. I've been there when I was in, I grew up in Lower Sower, Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Sussex County. We all knew everybody. The teachers knew the preachers. The preachers knew your mother and father <laughs> and parents. If anything happened on the way home from school, your mom knew it before you got there. <laughs> so you couldn't go there and say, I didn't do it because they know you did it. <laughs> but they were a community of people who wanted you to be the best that you could be. Whenever anything came up and we couldn't settle it at home, we always called in the preacher. And then they would help us carry this along. We started Sunday school when we were very young and grew up in Sunday school. And the Sunday school teachers were our parents and our Sunday school teachers. So we were all there to help each other grow. And many have come from Sussex County who have done well and continue to do well. Mm -hmm. So Esteli, you participated in um, the march didn't you? We or went to Washington <laughs> when Martin Luther King was there with the group just to hear his message. Wow. What year was that? 60, I don't know, I remember. 63? Yeah. Like 63. Okay, yes, we went to Washington to hear his message. <clears throat> Which is what's at uh, almost so, uh, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. All right. Courtney, how has, your, how has your faith helped you navigate racial unrest? Do you have a go-to scripture? Yep, so my favorite scripture is 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Um, and it's basically saying love one another because God loves everybody. That has been my favorite scripture <laughs> for as long as I can remember. And, um, I, I have this one point, if, if you don't mind. It's a very, very short story. Okay. Um, it's from my sixth grade year. I was in gym class, and I was in the locker room. And this was like the first time that I ever realized that you know, racial indifference was still alive in our country. Uh, sixth grade, gym class. I was in the uh, locker room, and this girl came up to me. and She said, what's your name? I said, my name is Courtney. She's like, do you do good in school? Do you get good grades? And I said, yeah, 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 I get good grades. I get all A's. She said. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, she said, oh, I thought people who looked like you can't get good grades. Wow. And she walked away from me. <clears throat> and that was the first time I was like, hold on a second. That's, that wasn't very nice. Um, and I think that was probably the time when that scripture kind of became my favorite because I knew that obviously maybe she wasn't taught the same things that I've been taught, that God loves everybody and it doesn't matter what you look like. Um, yeah, that was, that was probably the, the point where it was like a turning point for me that yes, I might be different, but God still loves me and God loves everybody no matter what. Amen. Uh 
Did you talk about that with your parents or did mm -hmm. you, okay. Yeah, I've, I've told them that story multiple times. So you went home to process that? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, Ms. Edna. Okay. Uh, I have the serenity prayer mm. is, is uh, that's not my scripture, my primary scripture, right. but that's the one that I use, especially when I started having to be, face people like uh, in, in whatever profession that I was in at the time, I had to have this, the last part, the wisdom to know the difference. So then that led me to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lean not to your own understanding, mm -hmm. Edna. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. You know, in all your ways acknowledge Christ. Mm. This situation really doesn't allow me to go there, Lord. And, and because that, 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 that scripture becomes a prayer for me. Because I'll be talking to myself, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I'll be talking to myself uh, <laughs> through that scripture. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And okay. all your ways, Edna, you got to acknowledge him and let him, let him direct your path. Mm. You know, sometimes that gets really, really hard. When you always talking about humble back there, uh, uh, when you when you preaching that message, it was like, gee whiz, you know, and, and I'm, I, I don't know, already got these questions. You know, it was, I was trying to figure out how I was going to be humble. <laughs> I keep listening to these two people here. They, they, were, they were raised in a different world than I was raised in, too. <laughs> Seriously. Because uh, my, my, uh, those things didn't come out of my household. They didn't come out of my household. I had to gather that. And, and how I gathered it was like uh, I had a friend that was taking me. Uh, we picked up kids from the neighborhood. Mm. Uh, and, and we would take them to whatever church would allow us to go into the church and make them, made them study, study the Bible. And, and so she said, Edna, the lady said, Edna, do you have a Bible verse? And I said, no. And so she kept going over different things. And then uh, uh, at that time, I was still struggling. She said, uh, how about this one? Listen to this. And she gave me a pen, a key, a key placket. And, and, that, and that scripture was on there. And I started re using it for myself. And, and it, it started answering questions. You know, I would, I would not question a whole lot of stuff that I used to question, you know, because uh, once I started uh, being able to uh, ask questions, because my parents had told me not to ask a lot of stuff, you know, I started to say things and, and ask those questions. And then I had to, with alcohol and drugs, the serenity prayer was a part of their, their philosophy. So, but the part that kept me wise was make sure that I had the wisdom. Not to just jump out there and, and go on your own, because you can look back and see where, if you had uh, done things differently, it would be easier. And then when I came here, I got into a, a small group. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do small groups. <laughs> and 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 those ladies in there, they inspired me, but I also didn't like them <laughs> because. I really did. I'm, I'm being honest because they were they were upfront with me. But what I loved about it is that they was upfront with me, and we would come back the next week, and and, and they still loved me, no matter how stupid I, I sound, or, or when we were talk, having a discussion, no matter what, they did not change the way that they felt about me. That was my first small group, and and so that made me really dig into my scripture even more, uh, just to be able to anchor myself down. So that's it for me. <laughs> the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, 
the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom, wisdom <laughs> to know the difference. Yeah, there you go. All right, Chris. Uh, I don't necessarily have a uh, favorite scripture that I like to go to, but uh, ever since I say Corona started happening, I wasn't, I was involved with the church, but I wasn't really taking the time out of my day to really read the Bible and, and stay true to my scripture. But uh, as soon as the Corona happened and we were stuck at home for the longest, uh, playing a game got old. So I was like, all right, I might as well go back to what I what I know best. So I started just staying in prayer and, and staying, staying, keeping my head on on, on the right track. <clears throat> a lot of this, a lot of this takes a lot of you being strong to your faith, so you don't fill with rage in your heart during a lot of this time. So it's like. I, I try to I try to stay and every time I get mad I just I just pray because there's a lot of things like everything every day is just feel like it's a new thing with us, with our with our people and I'm not to say our people but like our our race and you know we really just we, we really are just a bunch of people just like want want love and want to love others but it just seems that not everybody in this world or in this country understands that. So it's just like I pray just for brighter days and better days and that's why I'm you know, I'm up here to make a new a new a new day, you know. Yeah. So, um, I know that you four and a number of you out here will continue to hold us accountable as a church so that we can indeed reflect uh, a place where everyone is loved and valued for who they are and not for their socioeconomic status, not for the color of their skin, not for, you know, but we're looking inside and connection. We're, we were kind of, we started with that mindset that we wanted to be diverse and diversity means loving and accepting one another. And um, you know, this is not easy. This stuff is not easy. It's hard to hear things and, you know, it kind of like, what? But but the point is just to be open and to look inside our own hearts and know where we, each one of us, regardless mm. of the color of our skin. I mean, I was in seminary and I had a, a, a black roommate and I could hear outside the door, why are you rooming with that white girl? So, I mean, there's, there's mm. stuff, there's stuff. So we all have some mm. responsibility in this. Mm. And I am proud of the fact that we are willing as a church to address it mm. and to make a difference in our church, our community, and our society. Mm. And I am so encouraged by the young people mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. church and in our world. They are change makers. Yeah. So we just uh, want to say especially thank you to the each, each of you four for your willingness to come up, be vulnerable, be in a place that I know, at least you two would, I know you don't like to be the center of attention, but we appreciate your willingness to do that today for the benefit of all. And we are just celebrate that God has made you a part of this congregation, along with everyone else here and out there in uh, Cyberland. We are just so appreciative of every single person who is a part of Connection Community Church, each one that makes us who we are, as diverse as we are, as as uh, varied in, 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 in style, in background, in everything else that brings us a, a, to be a kind of a melting pot of, of, of experiences with one another, but most especially experiences 
with God through Jesus Christ. That's yeah. what we celebrate, and that's what we uh, thank you for, for helping us with today. And thank all of you, all of you out there, for being with us this morning as we had the opportunity to share just I, feel, I wish we could stay another two hours, but uh, we can't. And so encourage all of you to have some conversations. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to say if there's something that landed in a place that you're feeling upset or angry or whatever, let's not brush that under the carpet. You got, we're all family here. Let's talk about that. There's times when I can look at my brother Carlton <clears throat> and say, help me understand what this is about. And he helps me understand. We all have people in this church that we can go to, or any one of you guys. So let's not, no matter who we are, let's say what we're feeling in love so that we can grow together. Yes. Is that good for everybody? Yes. You understand yes. where I'm coming from? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If right. you could all stand, well, we can. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much. As our praise team comes forward to worship, um, we are grateful and very proud to be a part of Connection Community Church, where we seek to connect people, all people with Jesus, and the new life he offers. So let's pray. Well, so let's pray. Most holy God, we just, uh, well, we just celebrate the, um, the variety that you brought about when you created this world and all creation. And we see variety in, in everything, but today we celebrate the variety in us that you bring, Lord. We celebrate... Um, that we all don't look alike, we all don't talk alike, we don't all act exactly alike. And that, in that way, we're able to learn more, not just about each other, but about you. Because each of us was born with a spark of the divine in us. Please help us to, to try to search and realize that spark in each one that we meet, each one that we get to know, each one that we have the opportunity to talk with. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I just celebrate. I celebrate not just the four who are on this stage today, but each one here, each one home, each one who um, we will look to joining us in the future. I pray, Lord, that you uh, help us to invite and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that John 4 chapter, God is love. And we know love because God loved us first. Please help us to be a loving people, a loving congregation. Please help us to share that love that you share with us first. That unconditional, I don't care who you are, what you look like kind of love. The kind of love that you um, uh, uh, went to the cross with for each of us, Lord. And please help us to share that love one with another. We pray these things today. And all those gathered, both here and at home, we all said, Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us for our podcast. 
For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.